This is the Personal Finance Made Simple podcast, and here we believe that everyone can take control of their money, but personal finance should not be, and it is not complicated, and you deserve to live without money stress. I am your host, your financial coach, your money coach, Dan Roman. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you once again for tuning in to the podcast, to the show. I greatly appreciate it. If you haven't slowed down for a moment and reviewed and subscribed to this podcast, please do so. And also be sure to share your favorite podcast with your friend, with your neighbor, your coworker, your aunt, your uncle, your cousin, whomever you think will need the information that we're talking about. Share this podcast with them so that they can gain what you're gaining from this. In the show notes of this podcast episode, you'll find all my social accounts as well as my email address. If you have a question, email it to me, give me as much information as you're comfortable sharing, and I would love to answer it. Today's question is from Tyler. Tyler's 28. He makes $64,000 per year. He is renting And his family keeps telling him that he's wasting his money renting. He has $12,000 left to pay on his car, uh, $47,322 left in student loans. And he uses his credit card each month, but he does not carry a balance. He pays it off in full each month. What is your opinion on me buying a home? The market has been crazy for a long time. Home prices are really expensive in my area, so I don't think I'll be able to afford something reasonable. But also, I don't want to keep wasting my money renting. Please provide some advice. Uh, okay. First off, renting is not wasting your money. You have somewhere to sleep. You have somewhere to call home. Let's just call it what it is. Renting is okay. We've all rented at some point in our lives. If you said to me you never want to buy a home and you want to rent for the rest of your life, then I would say that's a bad idea because in over the lifetime over the span of your life if you do nothing but rent and not actually have a home that you own um that's a bad financial move so you're not going to be renting for the rest of your life you're 27 28 years old you'll be fine first and foremost b you make good money at your age i also want to add the importance of what voices you should be listening to. And I want to thank you for writing in and asking your question because that took a lot. Thank you for your trust in me to answer your question and to look at your personal situation and provide honest and valuable feedback. Um, You got to be careful with the people who love you and that are close to you speaking into your life, especially if they don't have their stuff figured out. So diving into more of the financials, Uh, car loan at 12K or student loan at about 47. Um... My question to you before we even get to buying a home is what's your plan to remove the debt from the picture? I don't know what else is going on in your personal life with with money. I don't know if you have any savings or if you have any money in investments or what. But first and foremost, student loans, car loan, they have to go. That's money leaving your pocket. We're trying to increase the amount of money that you keep so that you can eventually buy a home if that's what you want to do. The car loan at 12K what kind of car are you driving? And in some cases, depending on the individual, I have recommended that you sell the car, especially now used cars are selling above value. So if you go to kbb.com, Kelly Blue Book, kbb.com, and you look up the private sale value of your car, I'm almost certain it's more than $12,000 unless you got this car from a previous trade-in and you have some neg- negative equity there. But look up, the, look up the value of your car 
let's assume you look it up and uh, you know you can get eighteen, nineteen thousand for it. Well, start shopping around. Go to CarMax. Go to local dealerships. Tell them you're selling them your car. Explain to them that you owe twelve thousand dollars on it, because if you sell it for eighteen. 18 minus 12 is 6. You're left with $6,000 for you to buy a car with, and you wipe out the student, the uh, car loan altogether. If you want to keep the car, that's perfectly fine. It's your car. It's your life. It's your money. You get to decide. But if you want to keep the vehicle, uh, Tyler, I recommend that you pay it off. Why are we holding on to this thing? Pay it off super, super fast because 12 k on a car loan is a lot. Student loans, after you attack the car loan, you really need to get rid of the student loan payments. It's going to hold you back when it comes time to buy a home because you're looking at this uh, from your a, a debt-to-income perspective. It's a little above the average amount of student loan debt per person based on recent stats. But you need to get rid of the student loan debt sooner rather than later because, again, we want to keep more money in your pocket. And you can't ignore the fact that you have $47,000 that you owe in student loans. So... Before we even attack the buying a home part, car loan, student loan, need to go. As for buying a home, Tyler, if you feel like you want to buy a home after you pay off your personal debt, I encourage you to do so. Renting forever, bad idea. We've already talked about that. But don't let your family or people close to you or anyone on social media that looks like they have it figured out guide you down a path that you're not yet ready for. Home ownership is emotionally expensive, and it's financially expensive. From a down payment to your closing costs, to moving in, to buying new paint, even buying basic cleaning supplies. There are things that add up when you purchase a home that many of us just are not ready for. Uh, I purchased our, well, we purchased our first home April of 2020, and I knew roughly what I, what I needed to have in cash on reserve for certain things, and I still spent more than I planned for simply because there were these odds and ends that kept coming up that needed to be addressed. Home ownership is different than renting. Renting, you have an issue, you call the landlord, they come in in a couple hours and they take care of your problem. Home ownership is not that. So if I'm laying out a plan for you, Tyler, this is what the plan looks like. First and foremost, I don't know if you have any savings, but the first thing that I would want you to do um, is have what I call an emergency starter fund, right? Take $1,000 and put it to the side as an emergency fund in case something pops up, you have cash that you can get to at any point in time and take care of the emergency. First step is secure a $1,000 emergency fund. Second step is pay off your debt smallest, smallest to largest. I use, personally, I have used the, the debt snowball, and that's how I got out of, got out of debt, over $100,000 worth. I also teach my clients to do the same. First, we're gonna attack the, the car loan, then we're gonna attack the student loans in that order, okay? Third step, right, step three, let's save money on top of step one, right, that $1,000 starter emergency fund, step three in, in this plan that I'm giving you, let's save a fully funded emergency fund so that if something were to happen drastic, you have the money on hand. So for you, at your income level, um, you're renting, um, a six-month emergency fund will probably be something like ten to 15000 roughly. 10 to 12 is probably more in line with what you need. 10 to 15, you know, 12 to 15 is going to be a little extra, but somewhere between 10 and $12,000 is what I think is appropriate in your in your uh, income range and also where you are in life. But obviously, if you save more, that's fine too. And then the next step after the emergency fund, if you want to buy, because you do not want to buy a home with a lot of debt or with no debt at all, 
And you don't want to buy a home without an emergency fund because when you buy a home without an emergency fund, the first thing that happens is your furnace needs to be replaced. You have a leaky roof. Your garage door doesn't want to open and a few other issues that can arise. So after you save your emergency fund, save for a down payment on a home. Now, be careful with the zero down uh, to purchase a home or 3% down. I'm okay if you go with at least 10%. I would prefer you did 20% as a down payment when you when it's time for you to buy a home because you avoid PMI. Um, and you also put yourself in a better position to secure a better loan with a better interest rate and less fees. But 10 to 20% down payment is perfectly fine. But that's going to be your recipe. That's going to be your marching orders. That's going to be your, your plan to get where you from where you are to where you want to be. And it's hard to ignore those voices that are close to you. But remember, if their situation is not in order, or if their situation does not align with what you value, then you really should not be listening to them. Okay, episode is over. Please leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. The more you rate, the more you review, it's going to allow other people to see what we have going on, the community we're building, and the difference we're trying to make in personal finance. As a reminder, this podcast is no way a distribution of tax, legal, or investment advice. The Personal Finance Made Simple podcast is for general education purposes only. Any and all information I provide is strictly for that reason. I have I have, and will continue to provide an educated opinion. Lastly, I have not evaluated your financial snapshot, portfolio, or risk assessment. As a reminder, the status of your money is based on the decisions you make with it. So, why are you not taking your personal finances personal?